Igniting, inspiring, and evoking the fire within. I think songwriting is a lot like that. You have to you have to have a net out the window, and hopefully you come across some good ones. But if you're not paying attention, you can you can miss a lot of stuff because because every day there's there's interesting things happening. I hope you find your way home soon. There's a stray dog limping on the side of the road. I hope he finds a bone soon. You're listening to the What's Your Inspiration Podcast with Fox Buyer. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the What's Your Inspiration Podcast. Today, he's a multi-talented artist, originally from Binghamton, New York, with a wide range of musical dexterity. Proficient on guitar, organ, and most everything in between, Breer Brian Homa has brought his musical sensibilities to many groups, including the New York Howl, the New York foul harmonic and them's good eaten please join us as Breer recounts part of his life and musical journey that could only be uniquely his Breer how are you today doing great happy to be here uh, I hope you would be same setup as with, with your friend Dave we've mm-hmm. got the, the fire in the background so I joked with him last time it's sort of like the Ronald Reagan Mikhail Gorbachev summits from the 1980s <laughs> sure so so let's go back. Back Breer, B R E R. Where did you acquire the name? Tell us that story. Uh, the name I came up with in college, and it was just a way to have a, a stage name. You know, if you want to call yourself, if you think that your regular name is boring, or if you need something more interesting, people have, you know, down through the ages have concocted um, ridiculous fake names for themselves. So I figured that um, I thought I thought of the Brer Rabbit story. The uh, character from folklore who lives in a briar patch and outwits his enemies and i thought that brer brian had a a nice ring to it and then um so when i started recording in college my first uh, cd that i made was you know brer brian and then i I just stuck with that and i kept it Uh, later on in new york i would go to open mics and uh, i would sign up as brer and um that just became my identity and so when people would see me they would go brer and uh, uh, so frequently still do. So you, got and, a, uh, <laughs> you, you acquired a following from a four-letter word, right? Or at least, uh, at least an identity. An identity uh, from it. I don't know how closely they follow me, but they um, there's certainly a, a big enough group of people that you know see me will just go prayer. Boom. So, <laughs> so where did you, where did you go to to college? I went college? to uh, Binghamton University, and I was I, originally trying to be a scientist. And uh, as my, I met my wife in college, and she actually became a scientist, and I did not. I became a musician. Well, you're a musical scientist. Oh, uh, sure, sure. But she's, uh, you know, like curing cancer and stuff, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, you know, tweedling away. I'm curing <laughs> people's like, emotions. Sure, you're bringing their, you're bringing their e- emotions out. I see it that way. I, I think that way. I mean, I, I did, you know, think about in in this podcast Prince Rogers Nelson, a guy that would play all of these instruments, and I, sure. I, um, I, I'm going to mention you in the same sentence as Prince. Is that wow? Okay? Well, that's 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 flattering company, but sure. Just because I'll, of all of your, no, yeah. your your, music, your musical sensibilities. So, right. case in point, you play a plethora of musical instruments. Right. So my question is, what were the first two you learned to play, and who taught you to play them? Um, I had piano lessons as a kid. My parents got me um, piano lessons, 
And there's an old man named Bernie. I can't remember his last name, but he would come over. And I liked when he played the piano, but when it was time for me to show what I learned, I would be embarrassed frequently because I would I didn't feel like I had practiced enough. <laughs> so um, when parents like are considering giving their kids lessons, um, I I always say like at least in the beginning. You have to force them to, like, you know, the, the kid's going to, like, not want to do it, and they're going to run away, and they want to not do anything except, like, practice their scales, whatever. But that, um, just that intro, you know, introductory period, it's just one other thing that they have to do. And then, you know, when they get old enough to say no and mean it, if they really want nothing to do with, you know, music and lessons, then I, I say fine. But that that's my, uh, I, my perspective on it. I don't think I would have... Um, I learned if, if it hadn't been like very strongly, at least, in, you know, encouraged or like almost mandatory, like you're going to, you know, do this X amount. Yeah. Right. So in the beginning, being that it was loose uh, in terms of playing it, but, but they still had, you still had an expectation. Listen, we've signed up for this many lessons. You need to finish this out. And then after that, you can decide whether you want to continue or not. Is that what you're saying? Right. You have to, you know, you have to know scales. You have to know, you know, triads and I think it should should be a fundamental part of um, you know kids' education, mm-hmm. musical education. Yeah. yeah, and you really from from looking at your work, I, I've come to understand that you really are. I, I'm going to use the word scientist. You really play music from the ground up, oh, from thanks. the ground up, and it's not just yeah, it's not just you're not just humming uh, a, a melody. You're really really um, digging further than that to start the song. And in in my I guess rudimentary opinion mm-hmm. from all of your stuff, and it'll be cool later on here in this interview um, to see that kind of come come alive with some of your uh, some of your work. So mm-hmm. we are excited for that. Now you've 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 been in the New York Howl and now the New York Fowl Harmonic. Uh, along your musical journey, okay, there's been an instrument that I have never heard before. Could you please explain the story of the flamophone? Oh, the flamophone. I do not play the flamophone. Uh, my friend and associate does, Stefan Zanuck. And uh, a couple years ago, he concocted um, a saxophone to shoot flame while he plays. And depending on where the, the New York Philharmonic plays, uh, there may or may not be open flame you know, in the middle of the show. And we, <laughs> have a, we have a song called Your Hair is on Fire, which was written by the bass player, uh, Peter Manus. And when we play that one, uh, he will, uh, the, the bass player will uh, lean on his uh, bass and put it sideways, and Stefan will climb on it and shoot flame. He'll climb <laughs> on the bass? Yes, yes. It's a, kind of a rockabilly thing. If, you know, if you've ever seen like the Reverend Horton Heat, or, you know, some, sometimes guys will do that. It's usually a guitar player doing it and not a flame shooting saxophone player, but, um, you know, we like to. Break all the rules. Like. <laughs> I mean, not only musical dexterity, but also athletic dexterity. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's very athletic. He, he takes that thing everywhere on his bike. He goes, um, he's just forever, um, like, bike, you know, with a trailing, like, a, his, like, all of his equipment and stuff on a bike. It's very impressive. <laughs> I'd say, what's, yeah. what's the worst injury you've seen uh, on stage? Have you, been, have you been around an injury on stage that... You could almost say like that would only happen here. Not, not really. Um, for 
for as many you know fights and things that can sometimes happen, I can't say that I've seen uh, an actual injury or, or something that um, you know not, not because of something that was happening in the crowd. There there have been um, I think things happen all the time. Sure, in, um, in the the crowd, but I'm saying with the oh, band. Oh, with the band. Oh no, I've, I've never I've never actually seen an injury on. Like sometimes the my my other band them's good eating. The bass player will. Like pl- literally, play the skin off his fingers. I don't know why he. I think just the energy of the music just um, it compels him to to do this or whatever. But I, I would almost, um, you know, I would advise if I could, I'd advise him to, you know, just a little different technique or whatever. You don't have to <laughs> grip it so hard or whatever he's doing. He's just like after every show, and it's you know, it's intense music, so I, I get it. But um, you know, like the. After every show, like he just shows me his hand is like missing skin. I'm like, oh, there's there's probably another way to do that, but I'll you know half at it. <laughs> makes me think of, makes you think of a line from from a former New York Yankees manager and longtime MLB veteran Joe Torre. It's about right. being intense without being tense. Right? Does that yeah. Make sense? I I, res- I respect his playing a lot. Um, I, I just um, it's just kind of like a side note to me. Like, um, there's there's singers that you know, can hit like very high or very intense, you know, penetrating notes and they, they'll never lose their voice. And there's others that will just like completely go for it and uh, lose their voice. I, I will, I will sometimes lose my voice. I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. but um, for technique, it just, uh, it just seems like it would be, if, if you could uh, maintain, keep, keep your technique, but without actually losing your chops or your skin or your, your voice or whatever like that, that seems to be like it would be better. That's a fine, it's a fine line that only <laughs> sure. only you and a slew of others would would, would know about. <laughs> I uh, I just watched a documentary last night on Netflix on on Joe Cocker, and he said right. someone that can maintain an intensity while still hitting notes. Right. That's a guy who up to age seventy could do it, and it right. just amazed me. Right, he was great. Yeah. Amazed me how he could hit those Ray Charles esque notes. Right, uh, and with with all of the movement he does on the stage, and a lot of his songs required him to 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 hit that, right? To hit those to those really really high notes, and I have I have no idea how he did it. Basically, right. until his dying day, right? I mean, uh, a little help uh, with my. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'll get by with a little help with my um, from from my friends. Right, that was right. one. Obviously, everybody knows Amazing. that right. song, but a slew yeah. of others, a slew of others, because right. his idol was was um, Mr. Ray Charles. So, right. uh, a connection there. So we've got Breer Brian Homo, we've got Prince Rogers Nelson, and Ray Charles all <laughs> mentioned in in the in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely uh, someone who I respect because you you are well outside the box. I think I. I left the box behind in the 80s. I don't know where the <laughs> where's that box. I don't, where, where I don't know what it looks like anymore. It's tumbling down the hill, and it's, <laughs> it's pulverized by now. Completely pulverized. Hey, let's. We're gonna have to dive into a little box. It's called a, a game called What, Which, and Where. Are you familiar? Okay. I listened to one of your podcast episodes, so I I am familiar. With, I we, might I might be ready. Familiar with the format here. So I'll mm-hmm. give you for our listeners. I'll give them a line from a book play, a song, a musician, uh, personality, and Breer will try to tell us from where it came. Breer, are you ready? Yes. I like that. 
I, 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 might, I might be ready. He's got some, he's got some <laughs> conviction. Okay, here, here's the first first line. After all, I believe that legends and myths are largely made of truth. Is that Joseph Campbell? Tis not Joseph Campbell. Oh, I don't know then. He does have a J in his first initial. <laughs> oh, how, uh, hmm. How many t- how many guesses do I have? I'll when? say I'll say it again. You have one more guess. Okay. After all, I believe that legends and myths are largely made of truth. Is it Tolkien? It certainly is. Oh, okay. It certainly is. All right. So we had a discussion on yeah, uh, a few yeah. nights ago about books you've been reading, and J.R.R. Tolkien did come up. Sure. What are three words that come to mind when I say J.R.R. Tolkien? Uh, hobbits, dragons, legends. Hobbits, dragons, <laughs> and legends. Well, let's extend that. When I say the word legend, are there some names that come to mind for you? Oh, sure. Um, well, I mentioned that uh, I had read his, his letters because it uh, illuminated a, a pretty intriguing personality to me uh, to, you know, to read his letters. It was like letters to his publishers, letters to his sons uh, in his uh, time. But he was, um, he was a fascinating person because he was a, a philologist, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who, was, who studied um, ancient languages. That's what a philologist so, is, right? Okay. So he uh, he could speak fluent Viking, and he could speak uh, original Anglo-Saxon, and in fact, he before he had hobbits and wizards and orcs and dwarves and elves and everything, he had uh, full languages for them because he was so studied in uh, these other you know a- ancient languages. And it, when with being so fluent in the languages, he was also, you know, well versed in all the epics and the Beowulf and Viking stories of this and Thor and whatever. So when he um, wrote Lord of the Rings and the, the Hobbit, he was, to his mind, he was concocting a mythology for like a population of Britain that had been uh, wiped out by a plague, like pre-Norman invasion, pre something there was um, there was like a society of people that we don't really know anything about because they were they were killed off basically by by a disease and so with um, with his like subconscious probably piecing together of you know different sources like you know Beowulf and Icelandic epics or whatever that's probably got um, Lord of the Rings and so we uh, it's, it's probably the most like you know very like entertaining remix probably of, of things that were existed beforehand and um, I I'm nominally interested in reading uh, I tried to read his, his translation of Beowulf but I couldn't quite do it and um, it might just be because the his language is like sp- specifically maybe a little too stilted for me or something like that I couldn't just kind of sail through it but I, I would like to read Beowulf someone's version of Beowulf I read it in high school but maybe I'll revisit it and um, that was uh, the the letters that he wrote were very enlightening to his like his personality and his you know his motivations and things like that. I just really, really learned a lot. Um, he was um, he he really did not like uh, Nazis or white supremacy or anything like that. It's uh, people kind of tar him with that sometimes because they think that orcs are a metaphor for non-white people or something like that. But he wasn't. He wasn't into that at all. And when um, 
like the in Germany wanted to publish his books they they wanted to know if you know if he had like a if if any of it like pertained to their ideology or something like that and he said no absolutely not like I, I don't um you know the, and the German can, translation can like wait or whatever it doesn't you know it doesn't need to happen if right. if I need to endorse this ideology I'm pretty interesting I tell you what to be able to to do even to read stuff like that, it just shows you you're you're on a whole nother level um, <laughs> than me. I'm a I'm a reader, but uh, with 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 stuff like that, you know, if, if I'm going into to reading like Beowulf, if I don't understand the first two or three lines, that's kind of where I stop. Because if I get in the middle of something, I know there's no going back. Right. With 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 stuff like that. Right. But we will give you one for one and what, which, and where. Right. We'll give you one for one. All right. So we'll go to another uh, sensibility for you. What, which, and where? Number two. Quote, there's something good waiting down this road. I have no idea. That reminds me of, like, Food Around the Corner that they used to sing on cartoons. Or something like there'll be food around the corner. Food around the corner. Food around but it the sounds corner. Like, but it sounds like a country song. And because um, there's a road in it, and I have no idea. I'm going to say Willie Nelson. <laughs> Just a wild guess. That's that's not a bad guess. Uh, this guy to me is is uh, was God rest his soul, part mm. country uh, from basically where he grew up, and I've spent some time where he grew up. Yeah, uh, I'll say it again. There's there's something good waiting down this road. It is a musician. Yeah, you're correct in saying that. Yeah. Any other guesses? Is it? Uh, it's not Dave, Willie Nelson. It's not Dave Grieco. Is it? Dave? It's not Dave Grieco. <laughs> it's not Dave Grieco. Darn. darn. That's a darn good guess. You, you and who was? Who kicked around the countryside and went down roads? It's hard to narrow that one down. <laughs> I it think John? it's probably a metaphor. A metaphor <laughs> for what this this man went through. Uh-huh. For, for sure, for sure. And you you know of him well, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Okay. From running down a Tom, dream. Running down a dream. Yes. So, what what dream are you running down now? Um, I want to uh, I want to play locally. I think that's like that's like uh, big on my agenda. I was um, over the phone. I'd mentioned that I'd been playing with Dave Grieco. I'd played with uh, the Keller Brothers, and um, I just want to keep that going. I kind of need to. For now, I need to roll with a posse because I don't have um, you know I don't have that home team advantage or whatever. But um, I like to. Um, that, that's big on my my wish list. Um, aside from that, I, I feel like I I very much like live the dream. I make music. I get to play out regularly. And um, if uh, people wanted to give me millions of dollars for it, I wouldn't say no. But <laughs> I'm very. I'm, I feel very pr- privileged to play with the people that I get to do it with, and uh, just to live. You know, live in a place where. Music is allowed to happen, and uh, Binghamton, you know, is not necessarily the case, or even, um, you know, like the, some of our straight-laced um, middle American towns. They, you know, there's not as much opportunity or you know permissiveness for this this music can happen. You, you can do it, you know, but who's gonna who's gonna see it? Who are you gonna make it with? And you know, you're a bit more isolated. So to to be um, to live here and to be, you know to be able to commute to the city and do the, some of the things that we're doing is pretty pretty great. Yeah, and you've you've certainly done a lot. Um, certainly done a lot in, in, in a 
relatively short career, and we're gonna we're gonna work on getting you out there a little bit more so people can see see your work. So we're gonna go one for two on what, which, and where. Right. Num- number three, Breer, is see through your hands like cellophane. They hold nothing at all. Wow, that is a see through your hands like cellophane. They hold nothing at all. I'll tell you what I I won't probably won't get this answer right, but that reminds me of the song "I'm Looking Through You" uh, by the Beatles. But I know that that line is not in the. Uh, I don't think cellophane was invented yet when that song came yeah, that, out. That, 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 may, <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. I don't I don't know that for a fact. It's not the Beatles, but you're shortchanging yourself, Bear. Oh no. Who could that be? That's you, dog on it. That's you from that's, a song called "Emphatic Glee." Am I getting that wrong? That oh, that's that's not me. Are you sure? Yes. I looked on Bandcamp. Listen to that. It's called "Emphatic Glee." You've never written a song called "Emphatic Glee." No, I haven't. Huh? Unless um, unless it was a similar. I'm page looking or through a long uh, the looking. I look at the, the the wrong the wrong brayer, I guess. Uh, oh no. There's, I know there's other brayers out there. Maybe it's maybe it's one of the other brayers. Well, heck, well, it's a song called called uh, Emphatic Glee. It sounds like by a sick line. Another though. man, another man named Brayer. Um, so I'll have to do some some more looking. That's just poor research on my part. No, no, it it, it might be. Uh, it's probably not your fault. It's uh, the brayer thing is very difficult to disambiguate. Like when I started, there was say that uh, word like three times. Disambiguate. <laughs> disambiguate. Right. Um, when I first started, there was there was no any kind of other Brer, and uh, I mentioned over the phone the Brers have come and gone um, over the years, and I've I've always been I've never been super proprietary about trying to be the only Brer or to right you know and back in the MySpace days I was friends with different Brers there was like a Brer Susan or something like that curious trace of name and uh, there was a Southern rock band called Brer. <laughs> <laughs> that um, I actually wrote them. They, they broke up, but I wrote them a letter, you know, asking them if I could, um, you know, have free admission to all their shows and free drinks for <laughs> for being another Brer. And um, did you get a response? No, they did not. I, th- I wondered if that wasn't, um, you know, if they weren't rather humorless on, or if they just didn't see it, or if they were, you know, received like tons of fan mail or whatever. It was. It wasn't a very long lived band, but it would have been funny to to hear back from them. And the one. Uh, most recently, there is another Brer. Specifically, there is a Brer Brian, who I, I wish would uh, buzz off, but he, he's on Twitter, and uh, he writes about Disney stuff or just po- posts about Disney stuff. So it's like a picture of him with Chewbacca and stuff like that. And like, oh man, like the 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 Brer thing has uh, as, as far as wanting to be like truly specific, a specific individual. Like, it's going to be hard to you know enforce it at least. Like, I could make um, original things and, and be myself, but. You know, other people will probably the bears will continue to come and go, and I won't be able to really enforce it or do anything about it. But no. with the sense of um, retain a sense of humor and just uh, you know co- communality about it, because other other people want to um, you know be this character too. And I, I didn't invent you know Brer Rabbit or right. So no, but you're gonna you're gonna anchor down. You're, <laughs> you're not going to you're not you're not going anywhere. But you're not going to kick anybody off the boat either. Right. Right. So. We, we we get that. That's the first time, Brer, that that I've that I've on, on this podcast that I've quoted something that, of someone that was just not them. So I'm in, I'm interested in that song though. I'm going to check that one out. It's called Emphatic Glee. Emphatic Glee. Emphatic Glee. And I did find it on Bandcamp, and I yeah. thought it was 
your account. See wow. through your hands like cellophane. They hold nothing at all. Wow. So there it is. <laughs> Br- it is time for a musical performance. You've got sure. two, two songs for mm-hmm. us. And forgive us if he loses his microphone here. He gets his, mm-hmm. his axe. Mm-hmm. And he can talk to us a little bit about what he's going to play for us today. I just bought these, and, and I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. I mm-hmm. bought uh, some some nice microphones for twenty six dollars that have six foot reach in both directions. So um, well, that is going to be working out uh, pretty well. Let's, let's, I think so. Let's just see how this goes. Mm-hmm. So, song number one. My first song will be uh, an instrumental, and it is a cover song. And uh, back in the, my early days in New York, I was a almost a, a pro subway musician, and I was able to eke out a living from playing music in trains. And uh, this is pre nine eleven. The the culture kind of shifted a little bit after you know after war, war on terror and whatnot. But for one glorious minute, uh, I was able to go uh, play trains and people, you know, would throw money at me or they would give me business cards or they would invite me to, you know, record projects with them. And it was a, it was a very uh, warm, uh, very intriguing introduction to New York and like the, you know, the musical underground, so to speak, whatever. So my first song, I'm going to play a song called Sing, 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 which is um, a, a swing song from the 30s. By the, <laughs> the name escapes me. <laughs> Louis Prima is the original version. The most popular version is by Benny Goodman, and uh, the second most popular version is by me. Uh, <laughs> right, but I would. This is how uh, this is how you get money in the subway, folks. It goes like this. Thank you. 
Sing, sing, sing. Fully resolved. <laughs> Br'er Brian Homa, you are all over the neck just watching you. My eyes are tired. Well, well done. I am uh, uh, honored, flattered to be able to sit in front of you and watch that. That was amazing. You need to take a drink or anything like that? Uh, sure. So go uh, go ahead. I'll have a little re-up. Uh, re-up of, of uh, his drink of choice before he goes into song number two. We are on episode 40 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast with prayer Brian Homa. Wow. Sing, sing, sing. Um, kind of an ironic song in a lot of ways <laughs> with, uh, with, with no words there. But, alas, and I don't know how you could top that, but we will go on to song number oh, two. Oh, but top it I will. Now, I have... Um I have, most recently, I have an album that I would like to talk about, and that's called the Rose and Chubby album that I co-wrote with my wife. And uh, we collaborated over the summer. We sweated through uh, an entire album together. And um, this is a song from that. And um, the songs are all taken from our shared experiences, uh, inside jokes, movies that we've seen, uh, video games our friends and neighbors and their pets, uh, just to name a couple of the inspirations. <laughs> and um, so one of our, our favorite things that we watched in in recent years was called the Up Series from Britain. And it's an early reality uh, documentary series where they started with seven, or not, not seven, but they, they started with uh, children in the United Kingdom or in England at the age of seven, and then they would film them every seven years, like over the course of their lives. They're they're in their sixties now, but the the series starts when they were uh, seven years old in uh, you know nineteen sixty four, I believe, when it starts. And um, the the first installment of it almost looks like a hard day's night uh, with these kids just like running down the street, and you know they're being interviewed about um, what they would uh, you know what their interests are and things like that. And, so one of the the characters, or one of the kids, his name is uh, Nicholas, and he lived on a farm in England. And so they, um, as you watch the series, a lot of the footage will become reused over the course of it, so it's almost like they, they're using callbacks. So they're, they're taking something that uh, the kids said, and then like in relation to what they're talking about now, whatever. So one of the catchphrases of uh, this kid Nicholas is that um, he talks about... You know, they'd like to come out to a holiday in the country, but I'd like to have a holiday in the town. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's saying this, you know, this finger up like he's at a pub or something, but he's seven, and it just makes it really, really funny. And uh, later on in his life, he, he became uh, a physics professor, and uh, he taught in Wisconsin, and, uh, but earlier in the, you know, in his earlier adulthood, he talks about how, you know, he had a hard time adjusting to uh, society. I mean, just adjusting to being more sociable until he went to Oxford. You know, and he's, and there's a point in the movie where he says uh, that the you know going to Oxford saved his bacon, and um, so that that ends up in the song that I'm about to play. Um, and there's another uh, character that I'll you know mention briefly, who had um, when he was young uh, he was a very cute uh, kid, and in his early adulthood and uh, la- later adulthood he he's, 
becomes uh, me- like mentally ill, although it's it's never clear like what exactly happened to him. But he um, he has a stammer and he's he's homeless for part of it. And um, l- later in his life, he becomes he, he's, uh, like a politician, like a local politician, and uh, becomes a bit more like civically active. But the, uh, there's a line in the song about, um, you know, like the, the the higher learning would save my bacon, so I won't end up alone uh, drinking runoff in the Shetlands with a woodshed for my home. And it's a reference to the other guy, you know, from the from the series. But anyway, here's the song. It, it's uh, called Holiday in the Town. Don't wanna ride this truck around 
Holiday in the town. Resolved. <laughs> Prayer, Brian Homa. Uh, you know, I want to. What was it again? I want to sit my ass in traffic. That's sort of. Um, that was actually my wife's line. She came up with that one, and I took it as immediately very funny, but also, uh, also kind of a "be careful what you wish for" sort of scenario. You know, you could be out of the frying pan and into the fire, or um, that's that's how I interpreted it. So I thought that was a pretty funny line. Certainly caught my attention right away. <laughs> and again, you know your way around a guitar, for for sure. Mm-hmm. Where we know all heroes don't wear a cape. Scenario: If you had an opportunity to have a one-hour car ride with one of the two, one of the two following people, who would it be and why? Your two choices are Tom Petty or J.R.R. Tolkien. Ooh. Um I, I would go with Tolkien on that one. I might, um, I might annoy him as being as he was frequently um, freaked out <laughs> by his fans with the, the later success of his books. But I just I can't imagine. Um, I, Tom Petty would probably have some pretty wild stories too. But I just can't imagine somebody having wilder Viking epic tales than uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. He, he would he would take the cake <laughs> if he felt like talking. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The question is, how would you get him to talk? That would be that would be it. And once you got to, once you did that, I think you'd be smooth sailing. I mean, well, well beyond me, but well done. Any upcoming gigs? Uh, yes. Well, this episode will air in uh, February, so the gig will have passed. But I'm going to play uh, with Them's Good Eating tomorrow night at the Niagara Bar in the East Village of New York City, and that's going to be a great time. Uh, the um, the Dems Get Eaten Band is uh, guys that I've played with since I was in high school or almost in, um, like, one one friend we met in college, but uh, the, the bass player I've been friends with since high school. And uh, we play, I get to play all the guitar and that that I don't play in the New York Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. It's just me um, just really cranking it up and letting it fly. <laughs> so it's a really good time. Just like right here. I mean, you yeah. If you saw that, everybody, he was, I mean, you were, you were getting it after it, and I, as I would say, letting it eat, <laughs> letting it eat, letting it eat. So, them's good eating. Can anyone reach you all online somewhere, band camp somewhere, SoundCloud? Uh, sure. Um, we have a, a them's good eating Facebook page, and we are, um, we're all public on Facebook, so you can, you know, get at me on, on Facebook for them's good eating gigs, but also uh, James G. Telfer the fourth. On Facebook or uh, Esteban the drummer is also on there, and we're very, pretty pr- accessible. Very good, very good. And for you personally, do you want to share any contact information for yourself? Uh, just Facebook. I'm, I'm public on Facebook. I, I post memes regularly, and um, I think that's that's probably a pretty good way for people to get a hold of me. I have uh, my uh, email account is Yahoo. I think. Um, if you're not friends with somebody, maybe it's harder to send a message. Is that still the case, or yes? It's, um, yeah, maybe maybe Facebook is. Uh, I just friend me on Facebook. Um, I, I'm also, but I'm, I'm Br. Brian at Yahoo. If you want to send me an email and you, you don't feel like friending me, but right, B R E R B R I A N. Right. Uh, on uh, yeah, on that one works. Facebook, perfect, perfect. And I always say this, but it is. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank, uh, thank you, you very so much. Thank you.
Okay. <laughs> that will wrap up episode 40 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Brer and I will talk at you all later. <laughs> Take good care. You have been listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Because impact on each other is the greatest currency you could ever have. In the distance, geese bellow, a wholesome sight for this young fellow. An east wind moves the brush, quiet now ladies, time to hush. Glad I veered off on the red trail, off I went set sail as I write a small mansion about a little Sunday adventure sitting here writing this song on the surface not much going on looking around in a writing font Over here At Bullfrog Pond Two times I came here In the past Park was closed Gator cast There was a sign I stopped and stared Said hikers beware black bear but now I'm in third time's a charm mama and cubs I mean no harm enjoy this park and it's beauty while I sit here on my booty sitting here Writing this song On the surface Not much going on Looking around In a writing font Over here At Bullfrog Pond Sitting here Writing this song On the surface not much going on Looking around In a writing fog Over here At Bullfrog